0: Hey, ChipJet listeners. Last ChipJet challenge, we asked you to define cloud, and we got some really interesting answers. So we decided to continue on that track. With over 1 billion people and 10 billion devices added to the internet over the next few years, we have a simple question for you. By 2015, what is the largest impact cloud computing will have on our lives? Why and how? To share your answer, go to intel.com forward slash server and click the Chip Chat Challenge link near the top of the page. We look forward to reading your answers. The challenge is on. Get posting.
1: You're listening to Conversations in the Cloud, a weekly podcast where IT leaders exchange insights about issues around cloud architectures for the data center. And now your host, Alison Klein.
0: Welcome to Conversations in the Cloud. My name is Alison Klein. Today, I'm joined by Nick Barsett of Canonical. Welcome, Nick. Hello, Allison. So why don't you describe to me, Nick, what Canonical does and and what your role is at the company?
1: So Canonical is the company that Mark Shuttleworth has set up. At the same time, he set up uh, the Ubuntu distribution. And we are the commercial sponsor of the Ubuntu distribution, if you want. We have people working on the Ubuntu distribution. um, And we also offer a wide range of services, going from support to services in the cloud with Ubuntu 1 or training, etc.
0: And Ubuntu has been in the press quite a bit lately. Why don't you describe to the audience that may not be familiar with it, you know, why is this such a hot term in cloud right now?
1: When we started Ubuntu, we started Ubuntu with uh, the desktop in mind.
0: Mm-hmm. A couple
1: years later, um, the server became uh, more of a focus. What we realized was that at that moment, we were the, the new kid on the block. And uh, in order to create a disruption on the server market, as we were doing on the desktop, we needed something new. And the cloud really gave us that opportunity to uh, specialize our OS, or at least to put the, the, the bits that the other Linux distribution uh, were not focusing on, on the cloud and uh, earlier than anyone else. We were the first one to integrate uh, Eucalyptus infrastructure as a service tool as part of the distribution. And we've been adding little tools like CloudInit, for example, that's greatly simplified the maintenance of images within a cloud environment. Or uh, we've been working very actively on power management and how to make it more efficient for servers to be shut down and restarted in a cloud environment. Mm -hmm. So this is why um, Ubuntu is so much in the press. It's because, as far as I know, we are the only OS which has been caring about the cloud since its very beginning.
0: And you made an, an interesting decision to integrate OpenStack into the latest rev of Ubuntu. What drove you to do that?
1: As uh, the cloud um, industry is growing, the needs for ISP to be providing additional offering is growing and we see more and more ISP wanting to offer something using open source so that there is some form of interoperability that will uh, occur between various ISP offering, letting the customer having a maximum freedom between uh, different cloud offering. And the OpenStack project, which was started uh, by Rackspace and quite a few others, really tries to solve the issue of how can I build a public cloud or a private cloud, but in a very large data center, something that Eucalyptus is not meant to uh, take care of. So it seemed to us that it was very important as uh, OpenStack was growing and getting more mature to offer it as part of Ubuntu as well as Eucalyptus.
0: What other technology areas is your company focused and optimizing for today?
1: In the server space, cloud is our main focus. And infrastructure as a service has been in the world in general and in open source as well has been uh, maturing over the past two years. And uh, a project such as OpenStack is the result of uh, the maturing. Seeing so many partners that are often competitors collaborate on a single open source project because they've realized that there is uh, no point in rebuilding the same base block that we will each reuse separately is something that is really, really key for the cloud environment in general. Mm -hmm. And we can expect that this effort is going to go up the stack from infrastructure as a service to platform as a
0: service. As you're developing the base software code that runs the cloud, how do you develop that type of level of reliability and for these large scale data center deployments? And how do you think about that as we move forward to a federated cloud environment? What's the new challenge for reliability?
1: Any element in any infrastructure will always have a possibility to go down. The problem is, does the software that runs on top of it assume that this component is always going to be available or not? If you build your software for failure and you accept to spend the extra cost of building your software for failure, then you'll be protected from this kind of events. And it's very interesting that um, some um, CIOs of the companies that were affected by the recent EC2 outage or the recent EBS outage actually wrote that they made a conscious decision to avoid spending the extra time on development, considering that if there is an outage, it is going to be uh, a small one and the the duration will cost them less than the cost of developing for failure. So how are we going to go over that? Well, clearly, um, as platform-as-a-service offering are going to be developed, these are going to be the component that needs to not assume that the infrastructure-as-a-service is going to be always available. And if there is some serious work developed in a, in a serious community towards platform-as-a-service, I expect that this will be one of the key concerns. How do I make sure every time I write a line of code that I'm not assuming that anything at the... Uh, layer underneath is always available.
0: And finally, Nick, if my listeners want to learn more about Canonical, where can they go?
1: I think that the best point of entry is the website for Ubuntu, Ubuntu ubuntu.com. And if they want to know more about the company Canonical, Canonical Canonical.com
0: is the best place. Fantastic. Well, Nick, thank you very much for being on the program today. Uh, Look forward to hearing more from Canonical and about Ubuntu in the future.
1: Thank you for hosting me, Alison.